I want to, I would like to highlight uh, just a, a, a part of what Jimmy said that I thought was pretty impactful and, and something that kind of escaped me in, in my own thinking of the transfiguration of just how uh, the Lord uh, used the simple people that were there, <laughs> Peter, uh, John, and James, and, and how that's not something we should ever forget in our own uh, journey, in our own faith walk with the Lord, and in the ways that he continues to use, and no offense to anybody here, the simple <laughs> among us. And, and um, may he continue to do that, for that is our salvation hope, for sure. Um, the image of the transfiguration is always one of those that is uh, just strange in the fact that none of us have any sort of reference to it in our own life. We, uh, we have never had something quite transfigure like the way that Jesus did. We've never had that quite brightness uh, come from a person the way that it comes from him in the transfiguration. Uh, there's very rarely do we have a story that is preached on every year like the transfiguration uh, that is so consistent with the, between the Gospels. Something you'll notice in this story of the transfiguration is that it is in three of the Gospels, all of them in the same place, basically kind of in the middle at the climax of the story of Jesus, where we have starting uh, at the beginning of his ministry and his life, and then he at the transfiguration, begins to turn his head and look towards the future. The hymn that we just sang, where it's simply just telling the story of the transfiguration, I love the phrase that comes out of there, that he turned his head towards the dark valley. And what is that dark valley? Valley of the shadow of the death. He's turning his face towards the crucifixion from this point forward. But I don't know if uh, you are like me at all, that sometimes it's hard to remember the beginning of things. If you've ever been in this situation where suddenly you kind of look up and say, how did we get here? How are we even where we're at at this point in time? <laughs> um, I have to think that Peter, James, and John at some point thought that on the mountain. How on earth did we get here? We started our epiphany journey with many images that, that look the same as the images of the transfiguration. We start our epiphany journey with the star and the brightness of the light that is coming down to earth for the fact of revealing Jesus to be the Christ. The light that, that guided the magi that we, we still have up on our wall in front of us. We have the story of Jesus at his baptism as he comes out of the waters and a voice speaks from heaven. What does the voice proclaim Jesus to be? My son, in whom I am well pleased. And here today we have the light that comes from Jesus himself. And we also have the voice that is spoken from the clouds once again. My son. This time added, listen to him. We've come a far distance in a few amount of weeks of seeing the different ways that Jesus is to be revealed to Christ, all so that we could even live out what is being spoken in the Scriptures, that they are written so that you may know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. 
There are many who come to church for many different reasons. Some come to church so they have quiet time to think about their next week. Or finding a good 20-minute section of the day to just check out. But here we come so that we may know that Jesus is the Christ, the one who has come for you. And all through Epiphany, we've hit those moments. We know Jesus is a Christ by the act of his hands, the way that he can heal and touch those. We know Jesus is the Christ by the way that he, he speaks with great authority, not only in how he teaches as we've gone through the Beatitudes, as we've gone through the Sermon on the Mount, but also in the way that as he heals, he can even say, your sins are forgiven. Pharisees ask, who can forgive sins but God? And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Put it together. And here we have Christ, the Son of God, humiliated by taking on the same flesh as you and as me. Feeling the same feelings that we feel, having the same hunger, watching his friends die as well. And he is glorified in the transfiguration. Just as all the other things in Scripture, there's still many questions we have to answer. You'll notice in the transfiguration that it is Elijah and it is Moses who appear to stand there with him. And as they appear, they're talking. And one of the almost kind of infuriating things about this story is both reference the fact, all, all of them reference the fact that Jesus is in discussion with Elijah and Moses, but nobody cares to write down what they said. All of us want to be the fly on the wall on that one. And the flies on the wall don't even say. So this leads us to the question, what did they say? And I believe Scripture is actually answering it and letting us know fully that it wasn't what they were talking about that mattered. It was their presence that mattered. The question is, what did Elijah and Moses talk about? The question should be, why Elijah and Moses? Elijah and Moses. Mo Moses is the one who is known for bringing down the law. Our Old Testament reading comes and talks about Moses and, and that Moses delivers the law to the people of God. He is the one when in the New Testament he's, he's referenced, it is about the law. Elijah, a great prophet, a prophet that, that all of us should spend our time uh, remembering as well as studying and hearing his own story, uh, a prophet who in great fear ran into the desert only to have God say, go back. <laughs> Elijah, a prophet of God who comes to Israel not only to teach about the law, but to call Israel back to it. To show the depths of the law of God and the depths that, that God's law goes to reach the people of Israel. To grow that law among them. And so here you have the two great witnesses of the Old Testament. Moses and Elijah. Talking to Jesus giving witness to the fact 
here he is. This is the one. This is the one whom all of the Old Testament has been pointing towards. All of the witness of the prophets through Elijah are witnessing of this guy right here. Moses standing there talking. Here the law has been waiting and pointing to him, the one who has come to fulfill it. It's been a sad thing for the church. So many of us have, have ignored the Old Testament. I found it to be old. <laughs> Not only outdated, but full of rules. And full of strange and even compromising stories. But here Elijah and Moses let us know it should never be discounted for all of the Old Testament is leading to that person there of Jesus. There were some, and there are some still today, who would be glad to call Jesus just among the prophets, another great teacher, another person who has come to show the ways of religion, to just talk about love and, and, and honor, another person who even just came to bring more law to us. There are many who are quite satisfied to have him set at that level. Moses and Elijah appeared and they're talking with him and maybe that should be something we get from it. But there's one who looked very different among the three of them. There's only one of them that had the light shining directly from him. There's only one of them that was transfigured before them. There's only one of them who seems to be greater than the rest. And that is Jesus. That is Jesus there on the mount. Everyone knows you climb a mountain to go talk to God, or at least they did at that time. There before Peter, James, and John, God shown himself right in front of them. And for the first time since the fall of man, human eyes could look upon him in his glory. And they didn't die. They didn't go blind. They didn't turn out like the Nazis at the end of the Indiana Jones movie. But instead they stayed alive and they saw the glory of God. And that's for one simple thing. Jesus is the Lord of the living. Here we have two dead prophets. Certainly one of them we know for sure was taken up into heaven, but generally we know Dead people don't come back. But here are the prophets alive, talking to Jesus. Jesus is the Lord of the living. For those who went up on the mountain with him, who looked upon him, who placed their trust in him, they find themselves not turned away from their God, but even as they cower on the ground out of fear of God and what he can do, he walks over and he touches them and he tells them nothing more than 
fear not. They can even stand up in the presence of God. Jesus is the Lord of the living. Not another prophet that has come. Not another one who is, who is just another person in a long line of teachers about wisdom and greatness and love. Not even just one who's come to do good things, but Jesus is the Lord of the living. Who because of Him, you can see the glory of God. You too will stand and converse with Him. You too someday when you have been called home or you are put in the grave will actually stand and be with the Lord. Jesus is the Lord of the living. I hope much of our service hasn't been lost on you today. For we've said Alleluia a lot. And save it up. Because after Wednesday, you won't. <laughs> but we say hallelujah today because today is a day we remember Jesus is Lord of the living. Even as we enter into our time of repentance, our time of fasting, and our time of prayer, and even our time of sacrifice and our giving, we have this to remember. Jesus is the Lord of the living. The prophets looked forward to the day of his appearing. And at his coming, the host of heaven cried out in great praise of what is being done. And as we even gather around our altar, as people who are faced with death and decay around us, we give thanks because this body and this blood means life for us. Jesus is the Lord of the living. This is what will be known of us. And as we think of our own end, we must remember the things of our beginning. Just as the transfiguration points us as well to all the other ways that Jesus is to be revealed as a Christ, going back to his own birth, remember back to your birth. To the words spoken over you. to the birth that, that came, not of the flesh, but of the Spirit and of the water. The voice that spoke to you using the words of your God and even placing on you the name of a God who is the Lord of the living. We remember back to our beginning. And as we do, just like our epiphany and just like in transfiguration, we see all the ways in which God has continued to be the Lord of the living in your life. So even on the day when we are breathing our last, the words that we know and the words that we will rest in are the words of life. Because here in our, our own water of baptism. The Lord said, Here now is my beloved child. 
Here now is my beloved child, who with this faith will now live here and into eternity. This should be an awe and fearful thing for us. To always have the presence of God, a God who can raise the dead in our lives. But remember, Jesus walked over, touched the disciples, and called them from their bowing and from their fear into hope. Your Lord, your Jesus, your one who has called you in the waters of baptism, the one who comes to you in his body and the blood, the one who shares his word with you, the one who transfigured on the mount, is your Lord of living. May that be the life that we have and continue and to carry on in well into our eternity and well into his presence. Amen?